Alright, hello, what up, what up, episode 6 of the podcast. It is 10.30, Saturday night, and I have to drop my car off tomorrow morning, so we're recording this before I go to bed. <laughs> we got surprisingly a lot to get to. Again, another one of these weeks where I really didn't think there was going to be a lot, and turns out there's a bit, so let's get to it. First piece of news, the uh, PlayStation 5. I know last weekend I touched on the uh, Japanese content creators or whoever got their hands on it. Uh, Now we've got, like, translations and whatnot. And really the only thing I I care to talk about, because all of it was pretty basic, is this uh, these shenanigans with the X and circle buttons. So if if I understand this right, the base functions of the X and circle buttons are are flipping. So for 20 years, 20 whatever years, X has been confirm and circle has been decline or go back or what nope, now that's flipped. Circle is going to be the confirm button now. I I guess this is going to be an effort to unify the base controls for Nintendo and the PlayStation, which I hate. I hate that the buttons work the way they do on the uh, the Pro Controller for the Switch. And now it's going to be like that on PlayStation. Oh, I hate it. And then that also introduces the flip side of that. Where So how's that going to work? So I like to use my PlayStation controller on PC. So... When I, if I plug my PlayStation controller in on PC, is it going to function like an Xbox controller still? So the buttons aren't going to be the same? Oh, I just, I, I don't like it. I do not like this. It's just dumb. It's a dumb, unnecessary, annoying change, and I hate it. I, stop. The controller's already getting bigger. Like, stop fucking around with the controller. I don't like it. Mini tangent. I just... Let me let me see when I get it. I just I I don't like this. Anyway. That was really all I had to say about the PlayStation 5. Uh Ghost of Tsushima. So we knew there was this uh multiplayer co-op uh update coming. They announced this week it's coming out October 16th and then I guess it I guess it's a surprise because there was no real indication it was coming. As part of that update, they're including New Game Plus. So, obviously, I'm excited. I loved Ghost of Tsushima. It's currently my pick for Game of the Year. And New Game Plus comes out on Friday. So, that's sweet. I'll be playing that. I can get that in before the PS5 comes out. So, details. So, there's Legends, which is the four-player co-op, which has the four different classes. The Samurai, the Hunter, the Ronin, and the Assassin. And then they said there's going to be some sort of raid released afterwards. And then there's story missions, which are designed for two players. And I believe those are survival-based. Or the survival missions are something different. No, survival missions are something different. So there's there's four-player co-op, two-player story missions, and then up to four-player survival missions, and then there will be a raid. 
and the raid will involve like gear and whatnot. So I don't know how all the gear is going to work. It looks like you're going to, I don't know if this is like sort of games as a service loot. I, I'm not really sure. There's like, they have equipment in here with different rarity levels. They have numbers underneath them. Like I'm looking at this one right now. It says the Katana has an 89 under it. So I, it feels games as a service-y. I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm really going to play the Legends portion. I mean, if it's really good, I might check it out. But I'm not all that into it. But who knows? We'll see. The big thing for me is New Game Plus. I love it. I, I really want to play through New Game Plus, so I'm in. A um, couple things that they include here. So they do say, so it says, if you've already beaten Ghost of Tsushima, you'll find the option to re-embark on Jin's journey in New Game Plus. You'll start New Game Plus from the release to the open world shortly after Jin's initial confrontation with the Khan. Which, so are you going to, are we not, I, I'm sure this is just me reading into nonsense. Like, are you not starting us at the very beginning of the game? New Game Plus is going to, like, start us after the very beginning? I don't know. Like, it, it makes me wonder if maybe they'll skip the whole thing where Jin's getting taught how to assassinate. I don't know. My guess is no. It'll just be basic. Um. So there's a Ghost Flower Merchant. Now, Ghost Flowers are going to be... A flower you can only collect in New Game Plus. And the cool thing in here... So it says if you complete a Taylor activity and already have the reward... You'll earn Ghost Flowers in its place. So basically, if you 100%ed the game in the base New Game... When you play New Game Plus, every single thing you do will reward you with Ghost Flowers. So if, you, if you've already did a Fox Shrine or you've already climbed up to another shrine or you've already done a haiku or you've already done a side quest every time you do one of those you'll get ghost flowers which is which is great gives you a reason to do side stuff again when i play through on new game plus i'm really just going to beeline from side quest like side quests and main quests so i won't do like the generic side quests i'll do the tales with um ishikawa and the other like prominent side characters because those were all good. I liked them. So I'll I'll do all those. My guess is it'll end up being a short playthrough. But anyway, so this Ghost Flower Merchant sells new dyes. And they're much more intricate uh, dyes and designs. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how these look. They look like a lot of them have different patterns. They have, rather than being like just a straight red, it's like a color combination. Like this one they got listed here is like red, orange, and yellow. So I'll, I'll be interested to see all those. Uh, there are going to be new charms offered. Um, I don't think it says here how you'll get those. But they'll basically just be like next level up charms. So they'll be higher quality, do more bonuses and whatnot. Huh, what else is there? There's a new horse. It's um, black with like red saddle a red saddle and whatnot um what else oh and then there's uh gear templates which was something a lot of people had been requested 
you know, you can have your set up your different fashions like, oh, hey, I'm traveling. Here's my traveling gear. And then oh, I'm going into stealth. Here's my stealth gear or, hey, I'm going to go full samurai here. So let's switch to my samurai gear. Perfect. Uh, that'll be fun to mess with because there's a lot of really cool looking armor. And it's fun to change your gear based on what you're doing, right? If I'm if I'm taking out a place stealthy, I don't want to wear my big samurai armor. I want to wear my stealth armor. But, or, you know, say I'm doing the Ronin stuff. Well, I want my Ronin gear. Because that was even a part of the game, right? There were parts where they were like, okay, hey, you know, you got you to gotta dress like a Ronin for this, right? So that's cool. Gear templates, all, everything in New Game Plus is good. And then they're... Um, they're adding some more stuff to photo mode, and there's going to be a total playtime counter. So, New Game Plus in Ghost of Tsushima, I'm in. Awesome. And then, they didn't say anything about PS5, and then I wrote an article about how, like, you know, is are they is this game coming to PS5 at all? And then they just released a thing, so I guess I'll just jump to this news, because it would make more sense. Why the hell... That doesn't make sense. There's supposed to be an article here. Uh, whatever. Um, so, PlayStation announced some backwards compatibility news this week. Okay, here we go. I got it loaded up. So, it says the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PS4 games are playable on PS5 consoles. Not surprising. You'll be able to play pretty much everything on the PS5. Uh, And then there will be a handful of games that benefit from what they're calling the PS5 console's game boost, which will just enhance the quality that the PS4 game runs at. So Ghost of Tsushima is included in this. Basically, your Ghost of Tsushima will run at a steady 60 FPS. It'll look better. Which is which is good. I mean, that's pretty much what I wrote about. Like that was pretty much to be expected. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima, not, which is fine, right? The game already looks great. It runs great. It'll be fine on the PS5. A lot of fun. And then the other detail they announced in that is that you can transfer digital games and save data from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5 via a Wi-Fi data transfer. So... You will be able to transfer save data and stuff from your PS4 to your PS5. Again, that's one of those things. A lot of this stuff is... I don't totally... Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to sit down with my PlayStation and actually go through it. Because this is going to be a lot to take in without actually being able to see it hands-on. So, that was that. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has gone gold this week. Uh, the only notable thing out of Cyberpunk going gold is it's coming out next month. It's not getting delayed again. This is it. Cyberpunk's here. It's coming. And uh, speaking of Cyberpunk earlier last week, the map for the full game's map leaked out. Um, obviously now we're just under a month away from release. The game's on gold it's going out you know they're putting together the physical copies and someone managed to get a hold of a physical copy of the game or at least what's going to be in the physical copy of the game and they unfolded a poster of a map and 
that poster of the map has all the different uh, districts, has Night City, the area around it, whatever. Really not that big of a deal. We've already seen the map, at least in pieces, right? It's it's not really anything that hasn't been seen. The uh, The little preview videos they've been putting together, especially the most recent one with the gangs, really showed off the map, so it's all seen. But looking at the only notable thing here, looking at the full map, it looks a lot like Novigrad did in The Witcher 3. It it literally looks like they just took Night City and dropped it right on Novigrad. I, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Maybe a map designer just subconsciously ended up designing them similarly. Who knows? Um, it's obviously it's obviously harmless. It doesn't mean anything, but it, yeah, <laughs> it's. It it looks like the Witcher 3's map. It obviously just smaller, right? Because it's just that one spot. Uh, and, I mean, the only Witcher crossover we're going to get in this game, there's like a 99% chance Ciri's going to be sitting somewhere and we're going to be able to have a conversation with her or maybe it'll be just a random side quest because Ciri did say in the Witcher 3 that she was in another world for half a year hiding from the wild hunt and the world she describes very obviously is cyberpunk 2077 so she'll be in there somewhere that'll be a witcher crossover but that'll be it which will be fun we'll get to that when that game comes out all right another thing to touch on Baldur's gate went into early access this week Baldur's gate 3 um i haven't played it i'm not going to play it at least for the time being i know people love Baldur's gate I've never played Baldur's Gate. Um, from the little bit I saw of 3, it looks good. Uh, the only thing I want to touch on, obviously, so the full release, it's in early access now, which I guess is limited to what you can play. Um, the full release is probably at least a year away. So hopefully by that point, I'll be ready to actually get in and check it out. But what I do think is cool, and I heard one of the devs at Larian was on a podcast I listened to and he went into how how they do early access, right? They're going to when you play an early access game from Larian, they look at all the data for choices you make and what you do and he was talking about how you know, they look at some of the choices that players aren't making and they say, "Okay, well why aren't players choosing this or why are players choosing to do the other thing?" And then they say, "Okay, well so this is this is what we identified for, you know, why are they picking option A over option B? Well, what, what, what can we do to make option B more enticing, right? And it's just, that's a, a cool little way to handle early access. Because you're, you're involved in the process of what shapes the game without even really having to go out of your way, right? You're just playing. But there, <laughs> there's a tweet that I saw. So one of the things Larian did is they they went through the character they ha- so they have this big in-depth character creator, right? You can do different races, all sorts of weird colors, right? Shapes, whatever, right? So I've I saw I don't know if it was like PC Gamer or whoever said they spent 3 hours in the character creator. <laughs> so it's this big giant in-depth character creator. So Larian goes out and they collect the data on what the most commonly picked choices were in the character creator. And they made that character. 
And their exact quote is, congratulations, congratulations. You've basically made the default vault dweller. What the hell, guys? We gave you demon eyes, horns, and even tails. We are sorely disappointed. Go crazy. We worked hard on this. The the character made up of all the most common choices is like the most generic white dude you could possibly have come up with. Like, it's so dumb. But it's comical. But it's just it's just a little taste of you know what what Larian's doing with early access, and and I think that's pretty cool. All right. Next on the list, uh, small point here. Uh, so Marvel's Avengers fell below a thousand current players on Steam at one point this week. Uh, this game's a dumpster fire. <laughs> This game is a dumpster fire. Everyone knew it was going to be a dumpster fire. It turned out it was a little more fun to play. And the story was half decent. You know, which was a little above expectations. But for the most part, the game was exactly what people thought it was going to be. It has no roadmap. There's no communication. Apparently, there's no community. Uh, What the hell's the title people use for it now? Uh, community manager, right? Like, and there's there's been no changes. So, I mean, what do you expect? No, nobody's gonna play it. Um, I I guess they said something the other day, like, hang tight or whatever, because they got something coming. Whatever, game's a dumpster fire. It when they put content in the Avengers story content, I will play it. But outside of the story content, I have no interest in playing that game. So. I, I'm not surprised that nobody's playing it. Shocker. Who could have seen that coming? Another, another small one from yesterday. Amazon ended development on the Crucible. Or on Crucible. Which is, if you remember, why would you? Was a game that they released free to play in May. And then as like a beta. And then in June, they unreleased it. You could no longer play it. And now it's gone. Just They've just decided to end development on it. The only point I'm going to put here... What is Amazon doing? Like, I got it. You got a gazillion dollars. You want to get into the gaming industry. Fine. But, like, get a clue with what you're doing. Like, you just because you have a gazillion dollars doesn't mean you're allocating it right. Right? How much money have they spent to put Crucible out and then they, it was out for... A month, maybe, and now they've just wiped it off the board. Like, what are you doing? It's just kind of dumb. Like, I, I don't... That's one of those things I don't get. So, Crucible is done. Feel sorry for the... Who, you know, whoever played it and liked it. I thought it actually looked half decent from the little bit I saw. But, oh well, it's gone. So, no more Crucible. And then the last little news item I want to hit on. And I do have some stuff to talk about for games and whatnot this week so we are we are moving we are not wasting time this week uh genshin impact has crossed the 100 million dollars grossed in less than the 100 million dollar grossed mark in less than two weeks i mean that's i mean it was over 50 million it was at like 50 million the first week and now it's over 100 million it's look it's a fine game i am probably not ever going to play it again the only thing I want to point out here, and I also think it's good that a Chinese developer 
has has made a game that hit big and the only reason i think that's big is because they have this uh what the hell's the name of it the monkey king game coming out uh black myth wukong which from what they've shown for it so far looks really really good and i guess you know i've heard from a friend of mine the uh the monkey king uh, mythological stories. I forget what the journey, journey to the West, right? It's like Chinese mythology stuff. I guess it's really good. So he he's excited for it. The gameplay looks really good. I don't know. That's that's something that catches my interest. I I want to see that game. I want to play that game. So having a Chinese studio make a game that's a huge hit in the West. That's that's a great thing for that game moving forward my concern with Genshin Impact is that there's a company out there that looks at Activision EA whoever looks at it and says oh they made you know a regular game that has all the gotcha bullcrap from mobile games and I my concern would be that someone tries to start putting gotcha crap inside regular games not just mobile games because Genshin Impact calling it a mobile game is a disservice it's more than that so just something to keep an eye out for not saying it's gonna happen but keeping an eye out Genshin Impact it's making a shit ton of money all right I am gonna take a little break here a little breather and we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about the games I played this week and uh, some spider-man 3 stuff that i need to talk about a little bit and then we'll wrap it up for the week so i will be back all right we're back all right games i played this week so i beat crash bandicoot 4 this week again like i said last week i i love this game it's very good it's challenging um i just i had a great time with it and i got to the end and because i'm a little cramped on what I'm doing for games. I stopped doing the inverted stuff on the second to last world because it was, it was all water levels and, uh, fuck that. And then the last world was kind of tough. Um, it's hard, right? It's, it's a hard game. And I definitely, the way to play that game is on the modern difficulty setting for obvious reasons, especially at the end. So the second, the last level before the final boss I had read online a lot of people had a ton of problems with that level. I actually didn't think it was that bad. Now, I don't know if those people were talking about doing 100% because that the last chunk of that level, so you have so you have the four masks, right? You psych you have where you get different powers, right? One slows down time, one phases things in and out, one spins and give you like a zero gravity jump. And then the fourth one what the hell was the fourth one? Phase, time, jump. Oh, and then the other one flips you, like flips uh, gravity, right? So it's the top of the screen becomes the bottom and whatever. Um, And at the end, you're in a side-scrolling session. So it's all time timing. And you have to pretty much constantly cycle between the masks to make your way through. And it's it's tight. But I mean, if you're playing on... 
And this is another one too, right? So if you're playing on the modern difficulty, there are checkpoints in the middle of there. I don't know if you're playing on retro, if there are no checkpoints in there, right? Do you have to just do that whole section at once? It's possible. But on modern, it wasn't too bad. It didn't take me that long to do that level. Um, but no, it's great. The game's a lot of fun. And there's there's so much content you can get out of it, right? You got time travels, 100%ing levels, unlocking skins, right? There's a ton of stuff that you can sit down and do in that game. Like, if you love Crash Bandicoot, you're going to like Crash Bandicoot 4. Plain and simple, it's it's an awesome game. And if I had time, I would certainly dive into it and try to do some more stuff. But it's going to be pretty tight for me, so I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But Crash Bandicoot 4, highly recommend. Uh, now bring me Spiral Dragon 4. <laughs> that's that's next on my list. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're going to do that. Uh, if I had to guess, they're going to announce Spiral 4 sometime next year, and it'll release later next year, probably like September. Um, which I'll be so, so excited for. Oh, give me, give me a true Spyro 4. Um, Fall Guys Season 2. I, I think the luster of Fall Guys has sort of fallen off for me. You know, I played, I played that day when Season 2 came out. It was fine. The, the, the new levels are cool. I like the new levels. I like the skins that they put in for the season. But honestly, it's... I don't have a whole lot of interest to just grind Fall Guys all the time. It's a fun game to just turn on and dick around for a little bit if I have nothing else to play. Right? So I like Fall Guys. But... And I like that they, they changed up the obstacles in a lot of the old levels. So sometimes... When you load into a level, the obstacles aren't totally going to be the exact same. There are going to be some differences every time you go into a level, which is great. Um, I just... that After that initial burst with Fall Guys, I'm not going to be able to grind that game. It'll be one of those games that I just sort of play and dick around in from time to time. And that'll be that. Um, so, did, does the new season add a lot? No... It adds a little bit, but I mean, it is what like they're never going to add enough to make me want to play the game a lot, right? Though they did add a playlist that is just all obstacle courses, right? There's no survival levels. There's no uh, like tail tag. There's no jumping through the hoops. There's no, you know, the the matching level. Right, it's just the obstacle courses. And that's actually hard because once you get past the second round, the everyone's good at the obstacle courses, and there's only so many people that can make it. So you pretty much have to smoke it to have a chance. So it's it, that's a tough it's a tough way to play. And then you get to Fall Mountain, and everybody's good at Fall Mountain for the most part, and it's it's up for grabs and the obstacle courses, it's tough when the playlist is all obstacle courses. Um, but, neat. I like, give me give me some different map combinations like that, and we'll see how it goes. And then the last thing, so Star Wars Squadrons. <laughs> I started Star Wars Squadrons late Friday night, played like two or three levels, and then I played Star Wars Squadrons all day today, Saturday. 
It was the only thing I did all afternoon. I streamed it for two hours this morning, and then I pretty much played it straight all afternoon to finish it. It is not that long, and for forty dollars, it's it's a nice little game, right? I, it's got competitive multiplayer. The story's okay. Like it's just it's a nice little game. If you were super into the old school Star Wars flight simulators, yeah, you'll you'll like it, and it's definitely designed for VR. It definitely feels like a game. They designed it as a VR game and then said, well, this is Star Wars. We could definitely get people to pay money for this. Let's just make it playable outside of VR because that's how it feels. Um, right? Like you're rooted in place and you just sort of rotate the camera around to change, like to either talk to characters or start a mission. It's very, it was very much designed for VR. Um, and I didn't play it in VR. I don't have a VR headset. But it was good. It was good. It was fine. Um I had a I had a decent enough time with it. My problem is really just sort of like can Star Wars stop just doing the same stories? Right? The story for this, right? A key part of the story hinges on an Imperial defector. It's the Galactic Civil War. You're blowing a Star Destroyer out of the sky. right? It's just, it's the New Republic right after Episode 6. So it's still the remnants of the Empire. Like, it's the same crap every fucking time. Like, can we please get something different for Star Wars? It's an entire universe with limitless possibility. Can you please just give me something new? Something different. Go go to the prequel era. Go to the sequel era. Go a thousand years into the future or two thousand years into the past. Just give me something new. It doesn't always have to be connected to the original trilogy or the movies. Right? The crossovers, right? Hera Syndulla from Star Wars Rebels is in here. Because she's, she's a general in the rebellion at that point. Right? Like, the crossovers are cool. I like recognizing obscure characters from books or wherever. But but please, just give me something new. Tell me something new. I'm sick of seeing the same crap out of everything Star Wars does. Like, just give me something new. Ugh. And I'm gonna wallow over the fact that Star Wars uh what the hell what was it 1313 was that the name of it I don't even remember yeah Star Wars 1313 was that super cool looking game that got totally canceled for no reason <laughs> that's a bummer like I I just want something new out of Star Wars I don't want everything to look the same like just Give me something new. Get creative. You got the whole world to work with. Whatever. So that's what I played this week. Uh, Next week I'm getting into Assassin's Creed's Fate of Atlantis DLC. And then Ghost of Tsushima New Game Plus. So we're pretty much just biding our time until the PlayStation 5 hits. Once Once that rush hits in November, we're good. But anyway... 
the last thing I want to talk about this week. So, Doctor Strange is officially going to be in Spider-Man 3. Now, this could be a few things, right? This could just be Spider-Man is just teaming up with Doctor Strange. Whatever. Could, Could be as simple as that. Could be as simple as, you know, in the comics, after Spider-Man's identity has been exposed to the world, which is what happened in Far From Home, Doctor Strange wipes the world's memory and they all forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. You know, it's it's possible that Peter goes to Doctor Strange in this movie and just says, hey, can you, uh, you know, make the world forget that I'm Spider-Man? I guess they could do that. I, I don't know why they would. Like, you just set up this super interesting plot point. Now the whole world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Okay. That's that's neat. You could you could probably come up with some really cool stuff with that premise. So I don't think... Maybe, maybe Peter asks if Doctor Strange can do it. But I don't think Doctor Strange is going to do it. At least at the beginning of the movie. It's possible that by the end of the movie... Doctor Strange is like, okay, you know what? I gotta make the world forget that you're Peter Parker. And poof, they all forget. That's possible. Um, But I don't think that's gonna be like a core thing in the movie. Uh, Another thing, so I said this after Far From Home came out. I would love to see, I don't know how they would do it. Come up with a way to have Doctor Strange versus Mysterio. I don't know how the hell you could pull that off. But it would be freaking awesome. But it's it's not going to happen. But that would be cool, right? So I just think Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, like, that's just a cool pairing, right? And not that Doctor Doom's in there now, but I know Spider-Man does fight Doctor Doom at one point in the comics. Doctor Strange fights Doctor Doom at one point in the comics. Like, at least I'm pretty sure he does. I can't remember. Uh, Please don't kill me if I'm wrong. So, there's there's some cool stuff you can do with that pairing. And I think Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland had some good chemistry in Infinity War. So, you, I'm cool with that combo. Please, please, please God, do not do a live-action Spider-Verse. I, I, don't, I don't want it. Look, when Doctor Strange does his whole multiverse thing i'm totally fine with cameos or easter eggs of tom hall of uh not tom holland andrew garfield and toby mcguire i'm fine and if eventually at some point you want to do some sort of little crossover there i i'm down with that i would love to see the three spider-man actors all together like i think that could be that could be a really cool fan servicey sort of thing that you could absolutely make make work. But I not in Spider-Man 3. And and my fear here is because Sony can't help themselves with this character. They they keep doing this stupid crap, right? They desperately wanted Venom in the original uh Spider-Man movies to the point where they forced him into Spider-Man 3. They 
desperately wanted the Sinister Six. So what'd they do with the Amazing Spider-Man? They forced their way to the Sinister Six by the end of the second movie. Just completely square peg, round hole, forced it through. Like, guys, you have to take... And now my fear is that they see the the overwhelmingly positive reaction to Into the Spider-Verse and go, oh, well, we have to do that live action now. We have to do it live action now. And it's just like, guys, slow down. Stop rushing everything you want to do with this character. If you just slow it down, relax, and let Marvel do their thing, you will get it all. You will get Venom. You will get the Sinister Six. You'll get a Spider-Verse. Like, just... Just cool it. Just take it slow and do it right. DC rushed into Justice League for the same kind of crap because they were in a rush to catch up to Marvel and they completely botched the whole thing to the point where they're now going to try to reboot the whole DCEU. Just, just stop. Just get out of the way and slow down because you guys are out of control. So just, uh, I'm praying. When I saw the Jamie Foxx stuff, I was like, look, maybe they're just bringing Jamie Foxx back. He's going to do a new version of Electro. It'll be fine. But as soon as I saw the Doctor Strange stuff, I was like, my first reaction was the same as everyone else's. It's just, oh no, they're going to do inter- in a, they're going to do a Spider-Verse. Like, I just don't. It's way too early. Focus on the plot thread you set up in Far From Home. And then at the end of this movie... Set up so that maybe Spider-Man 4, you can do the Sinister Six, right? And then, I don't know, maybe you could do your little Spider-Verse crossover and combine that with the Sinister Six. I don't know, I'd have to really think it out. Just slow it down. I All I want out of Spider-Man 3, I want your classic Spider-Man. Swinging through the streets of New York because we haven't seen it in the MCU. Not like full on. Right? Just ground it. Deal with what you set up in Far From Home. And just relax. Just follow the story threads. And if Sony just stays out of the way, Spider-Man's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's fine. So, cool it. But that's all I really have to say on that. All right. I actually made pretty good time today. I'm just burning through these topics. Alright. So this week. There's actually a ton of stuff coming out this week. We've got. On the Wikipedia list. Tried and true. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. Remothered Broken Porcelain. Robotics Notes Dash and Robotics Notes Elite. Uh, Torchlight 3, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Heart of the Forest, Cook Serve Delicious 3, Cloudpunk, Shantae Risky's Revenge, Tennis World Tour 2, Crown Trick, NHL 21, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, Postal Redux, and Zoids Wild Blast Unleashed. I'm not playing any of those, although I have heard of a couple of them, right? NHL 21, Shantae Risky's Revenge, Torchlight 3, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, and the rest I've never heard of. So, do with that what you will. But anyway, 
It's now after 11 o'clock on Saturday night. I am tired. I have to go drop my car off in the morning to get auto start put in Monday, so that'll be neat. But anyway, that's all for me this week. As always, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. I always appreciate the company. You can catch me on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, at Sixture. As always, I will be streaming at least Assassin's Creed this week. I'm going to go very hard to try to finish the DLC as fast as I can. Obviously, the Patriots are playing Monday night now, so that kind of knocks a day off for me to play that. But we're going to try to get to Ghost of Tsushima by the week. Ah, That's not going to happen. I'm not going to get to Ghost of Tsushima this weekend. I'm going to try to get through... I don't know how long the Atlantis DLC is. So my guess, I'll probably stream Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this week. And it'll probably be Assassin's Creed every day. Maybe I'll get Assassin's Creed done next weekend. And then the week after that, get to Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know. I got a few weeks to work with. So I'm not in the biggest rush in the world. But we'll see how it goes. So tune into those streams on Twitch. Keep an eye out on for my stuff on Screen Rant, and I will catch you next week. Adios.